Hi there, everybody, and welcome back to Properly Copped, your Warhammer 40K podcast, which examines the top five everything in 40K. And the idea here is to help you build your list, play more competitively, get a little head start, improve your game overall. We do that by going through top five lists every single podcast and helping you just get ideas. So ostensibly, we want to get from here to the end and come up with a top five. But on the way through is where you're going to get your ideas. So listen to the whole thing today. We are talking about the top five list building tips. I feel like this is the start of the process for everybody. We're building lists today and (laughs) New Zealand's number one player is getting a bit frosty. Sort of offending everybody here. If you don't like doing things like sitting there making a gun line, the last thing you should do is buy a gun line army because you'll just find it boring. And then you try and assault people with Tower crisis suits and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Consider that when you're building your list. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And All if right. you love to moan, you can always play Chaos. Oh! <laughs> Ouch! So that's fair enough to offend everybody who plays Chaos. What about just having a go at me personally? Because there's nothing worse than going to a game, you're thinking you've got a good list, and then playing an army that is the complete polar opposite, and you, you know that you're lost before you even start playing. Right. So, I mean... Can you explain what you mean by the polar opposite? Oh, I thought thought you'd know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd know about losing before I've even started. Yeah, that was good. So, uh, my name's Steve Joel. I'm your host. Uh, I make no pretense to be any kind of expert at the game, which is why we get some experts in. Sean Sullivan is the number one player in the country. I've got to let you know that this episode was recorded just before Masters uh, in New Zealand. Uh, which Sean won. Uh, our other guest is Aaron Wilson, who recently came sixth in that very Masters. He's a top-ranked player in New Zealand and a member of next year's ETC New Zealand team. And Brendan D, former member of New Zealand teams that have played in Australia and overseas. So let's get into the episode. Uh, the way this works, uh, if you've listened to any of, any of the other episodes, man, I'm having trouble with the talking thing today, which is not good since I talk for a living. It's not even Monday. It's not even Monday. Maybe that's the fear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, at properlycock.com, the website, you'll see all the show notes and all the, uh, the uh, notes on our guests, uh, the qualifications that they have for being here, but uh, all currently uh, top players and former representatives or future representatives of New Zealand, uh, all uh, with a lot of experience and expertise in the game. I say all not counting myself. I'm just an enthusiast. And I love uh, talking about the game and could talk about it all day long if my wife would let me. Sometimes she does. Um, but usually you get that glazed. Look, I don't know if you have this with people in your lives who are not into the game. But as soon as they start you off, and I can just start talking about it. And I'd be going for half an hour before I realize this person, wait, this person isn't interested. <laughs> I have to stop now. Uh, actually, um, shamefully, I read my daughter some books to go to sleep, and after about the third or fourth book, I just tell her what my army list is for Warhammer, <laughs> and she she can hear my voice, and she just just gets gets goes to sleep. It's it's a great trip. Yeah, kids are great with. It. Um, I want them to get into the game so that we can, uh, you know, play and paint and do stuff together, but I just get frustrated with them actually. But my daughter came in, uh, pre the last tournament, my daughter came in to see my uh, demons army that I was painting plague bearers. And she came in and started asking me questions about the plague bearers. And I said, well, they're basically like zombies, darling. She's eight years old. I said, they're like zombies, darling. And she looked at how many there were and went, Daddy, this army's unbeatable. 
I was like, well, I hope so. What makes you say that? She said, well, if they're already dead, how's the other guy going to kill him? And I went, there it is. That's my whole game plan. Didn't work out, obviously. She was quite wrong. He <laughs> was very, very beatable in my hands. Uh, all right. So what we're doing in this episode is the top five uh, list building tips. So if you are uh, getting into the game or, you know, even if you've been in the game for a while and you're finding when you're building your list that you're just struggling to kind of get things working or you're turning up to that tournament and even though you've put a lot of thought into the list, it, it just doesn't seem to work out the way you hope it will. You've got to take things all the way back to, the, to that very first stage of what you're putting in and how uh, units are buffing each other or affecting each other or what goes with what or, you know, just all of these processes that you're, you're putting into building your list. And I am exactly the wrong person to talk about it because I just take stuff I like and stick it in and hope for the best. But there are, there are proper ways to do this. So the three guests we have on our show today are going to give us some advice on the way through, we'll get to a top five, but that really is secondary. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you'll you'll come away with some ideas uh, just on how to really get the process started. So there are a lot of important, we've talked about before, the movement phase is important. Um, deployment is, is important. But working backwards, the, it all begins with building that army list. So let's go through your top five uh, list building tips. Aaron, what do you got at number five? Number five, uh, consider the local meta uh, that you're playing in, uh, whether it be tournaments or local stores, and, and build around what, they, what they're usually playing in that scene. Okay. So uh, can you give us some examples of what you mean? Well, at the moment, there's quite a lot of Space Marines. So you want to kind of build something to counteract their strengths. Okay. So, so if you've, you're saying if you're deciding not to go with Space Marines... Yep. But you know that everybody else has gone with Space Marines. Exactly, yes. You've got to build to build, build with the understanding that that's what you're playing against. Yep, and how they work and build to build your strengths as their weaknesses. Okay. For like Space Marines, for instance, quite a big one, but their strengths are kind of 24 to 36 inch range at the moment. Right. Um, so if you're building long range, 48 inches plus, yeah. um, and just keep out of range, I think it's an easy way to get a, a slight advantage against them. Okay, so yeah, that takes the... That, that, uh, assumes an understanding of the game, which is fair enough. Yep. So you consider your local meta. If there are a lot of people still playing horde armies in your local meta, then then listen to episode one or two or whatever it was and, and take some stuff to clear out the hordes. Uh, so consider your local meta is number five from Aaron. Sean, what do you got? Um, By the way, if you want to uh, chip into anything anyone else is saying, feel free to go yeah. for it. Oh, I think the meta thing is a pretty important one. I've yeah. got, got it a little bit later, but it's <laughs> one of those things where um, if you don't want to play what everyone else is playing, mm. some, of the, some of the easiest ways to do things is trying to think of ways to beat that, what they're not, not their strong points are. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I like to build armies around where some, you think somebody's going to be, oh, there's all these iron hands out there. Well, what takes out iron hands? Yeah. And then, you know, when you turn up and these guys have just spent two grand on an army that they've just bought and painted in the last like month and you beat it with an old army you have. Yeah. That's, that's quite a good look. It's disheartening for them. They'll just go away and get out of the hobby for a while and, and they'll sell online and you pick it up real cheap. Yeah. Very <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. So two birds, one stone. Very yeah. good. Yeah, nice. Um, All right, what do you got it for? Um, number five. Um, oh, sorry, five. Uh, five. Um, <laughs> what goes along with your play style? The biggest thing I find with players is they try and, to try and see what's a good army but they don't think about how they play. Like, if you right. don't have any patience, playing a Tal army is not a very good idea for you. Mm. If you want or a demon's army with lots of plague bearers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, demons can be really punchy if you really want them to be. Right. But you you have to get used to doing things in a certain order. But if you 
if you don't like doing things like sitting there sh- making a gun line, the last thing you should do is buy a gun line army because right. you'll, you'll just find it boring and then you'll try and assault people with towel crisis suits and stuff like that. <laughs> right. So Yeah, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're the kind of person that likes to charge Wolfen in and just smash face with hammers, then consider that when you're building your list. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And All if right. you love to moan, you can always play chaos. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you're a heartless, soulless person, Tao, and if you're a, if you're a person that just likes to moan how much better everyone else has it, then chaos. Sure, that's fair enough. Uh, so your own personal play style is what you're talking about, yeah. I, well, as opposed to building around the army play style that you've chosen. Um, a bit of both, because a lot of armies can do quite a lot of different things. But sure. you have to figure out what kind of style you like to play. Like I, I'm a Pacific player. I don't like to play with. With librarians, I find them too swingy. I've never liked to base anything one one thing. Right. So most of my armies, like I have Necrons, I have Dark Elder and stuff. I don't do anything with psychics because I just don't enjoy that aspect of the game. Okay. That's a personal thing. And then, so if you take that away, it's that's the playstyle I want. So that's the reason why I would never play a thousand sons. Right. Okay. Psychic army to me, it's just that's, not fun. It's not so, what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, okay, Brendan, what do you got at number five? Okay, so the first thing, before you think about your even what armor you're going to take, the first thing every player should do if you go into an event is read the player's pack. Uh, and I, I never do this. I've made this mistake all the time. So you want to look at how long are the rounds going to be, because that's going to help you determine whether you take a horde army or not. You want to look at what the points weighting for things like sports, comp, painting, and generalship are. Uh, you want to look at what the deployment maps that are being used are, you want to see what the win conditions are. Is it using fixed objectives? Is it using Maelstrom cards? How much do kill points factor into things? I mean, I went to one tournament. I didn't realize until I got there. Every mission, kill points was a secondary scoring factor. And I never would have taken such a... I, I had multiple five-man Dark Elder Warrior units. And that was a terrible choice in that tournament because you get <laughs> penalized every single game for it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, and that's the thing. There's... there's Different, but I feel like not. Not that I want to, you know. But I, f- I feel like that's a. It sounds like a really basic, simple thing to do. But then understanding uh, how different competitions will change the type of list you're playing, is is uh, something that's quite hard to do. For example, uh, if you know that you're playing ITC missions uh, versus ETC missions versus okay, we're just playing games out of the uh, the rule book or whatever it is. Uh, figuring out how that is going to change. As you say, reading the players back makes a big difference. But do you know what I mean? Figuring out how that's going to change things is is easier for an, a person who's been playing the game for a long time versus someone who's kind of getting into it or, you know, beginner to medium stages of their, their gameplay. But it is all obviously still stuff you've got to take into account. If you're going to a tournament and you're building a list for a tournament, then absolutely. If people get points for killing... Uh, units and you're offering them up scout units and small units which are easy to kill then then uh, you need to take that into consideration 100% or if it's something where you're going to get lots of points for holding objectives then you need to take units of 30 plague bearers that can do that or whatever plague bearers Even might not if be you a just, great example but yeah. yeah I mean if you're going for generalship or if you want to win the event overall just knowing how much things like painting is yeah, yeah. there are certain certain armies that are going to do much better in the painting category than others will. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Nurgle is something that you know. 
it can be painted beautifully, but there's always the impression that it's pretty easy. <laughs> just, it's all just green. So, <laughs> But some armies look amazing with with maybe slightly less effort and uh, brightly coloured and whatever. Yeah. Well, there's some armies that are actually amazingly painted, but since they're a little bit of a darker colour scheme, people just overlook them straight away. Right, like uh, your Dark Elder army, is that what you're saying? No, hell no. <laughs> um, no, no I, saw, I saw a really nice um, Raven Guard army painted and it was edge highlighted from like... From right. black to bl- blue to um, just off white to white, and then it had little ravens and everything like that. But since it was such a dark army, people weren't paying attention right. to it. Yeah, yeah. Just, you didn't, didn't get to see it. So this is the kind of thing you're talking about, right? If you uh, go right back to the players back and you're building your list, if you've got lots of different armies to choose from, maybe uh, pick one that is. Yeah. Uh, well, this is difficult. I I think I have to agree with playstyle. I mean, I can say, all of these are important things, but just for. You know, fun. I'm going to put playstyle at number five because I do think that's a really important thing. That is something that but when you first go into, a, you know, even before building your list, just choosing an army, when you first go into your GW store, having a talk to the people there, uh, explaining to them, you know, the kind of playstyle you feel that you might be interested in is a big starting point. What do you got at number four, Aaron? Well, you kind of just went over it uh, just before. So considering mission types like ITC and ETC and straight... Okay. Games Workshop missions. So okay, so you, that is that is reading the players' pack, but even more specifically, specifically the missions. Yeah. Okay, and uh, can you explain? Are you able to explain uh, what would be different? Say between the two big ones at the moment are ITC and ETC, right? So they uh, so what would be the difference if I'm playing ITC and I know that you get points for hold, holding and killing, hold hold a uh, an objective, kill a thing, then hold more, kill more, and then whatever secondaries. Yeah. Versus ETC, which do ETC missions all involve Maelstrom cards? Is that so how that works? So they're a mix of Maelstrom and Eternal War. So okay. there is that random factor to it. Yeah. So it's a little bit harder to plan for. Um, I feel with ITC, you, you know what you need to do. There's no right. randomness happening. Um, besides the roll of the dice. Uh, and ETC has kill points differential. So it's how many units you kill at the end of the game. Right. Where ITC kind of scores throughout the game. So if you've got multiple small units, it doesn't matter... So ETC, they normally focus on bigger units so that you don't give away so many kill points at the end of the game. Okay, all right. So that means you... You have bigger units, less, less smaller units, okay. individual ones, unless you're just planning to play it like that. Okay. So considering ITC versus ETC, maybe do a little bit of research onto what is into what is required, what you're likely to need, depending on what you're playing. Yep. Okay. Uh, Sean, what have you got at number four? Um, I'll just know in the meta. That was my number four. Because um, <laughs> there's nothing worse than going to a game. You're thinking you've got a good list and then playing an army that is the complete polar opposite and you, you know that you're lost before you even start playing. Right. So, I mean... Can you explain what you mean by the polar opposite? Oh, I thought, thought you'd know about this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd know about losing before I've even started. No, I just I know, I know um, one of the local guys was playing Gene Steel Cult, and now Space Marines coming out. He goes, oh, I can't play Gene Steel Cult. I'm like, well, no, you just have to change the way you play it. Right. But the way he likes to play it is just jump up, flame, and then then just charge. And you're like, well, that list won't work anymore against Marines. Yeah. So if, if that's the meta that you're in, then you have to realize that those tricks won't work. Is there any meta in the world at the moment other than Marines? I feel like Marines are, are the meta, pretty much. It, like previously, we've uh, we've. It's just the new hotness. It's yeah. exactly the same as what happened when Imperial Knights first came out. People were moaning about Imperial Knights for you know the first six months to a year, and now everyone's so used to them. See them on the table, you're like, oh, I know what to do with these. Yeah, it's just the Marines. Everyone's got so 
they've brought out a brand new codex and people going, oh, I've got these models, I'll just give it a go. And now people are just trying to figure out how to beat it. Which, right. Um, they've, they've started. Like, tower players have started getting it, but they'll, they're just saying that a whole bunch of the other armies are actually coming up. And then with chapter approved next month, with points deductions, especially something like Necrons, points deductions could really be harmful for the Marines because mm. they just can't kill through the units. The... Um, uh the thing that seems to be happening as well, and we've only had these new marine units, uh, marine books, the supplements out for five minutes. As this is being recorded, the 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 longest is like what is it, a, a month and a half or something, and then or a couple of months. So I feel like we haven't even seen the final iterations of how good players are going to be playing with marines. But also, it seems like some marine lists, like white scars, uh, are the perfect. Uh, combat for, say, Iron Hands, but then Imperial Fists are the f- perfect combat for White Scars, and then Raven Guard kind of fit in there somewhere as well. So Marine players might just be ending up beating up on each other, which gives the other factions an opportunity maybe to come in and, and sit in there somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. It's just one of those things where right now uh, people are still trying to understand what happens. And these, the problems are, if you look at and see what Marine armies are winning, Mm. They're all different. There's no, there's no just you know. Back in the day, it was Castellan and Guard or Flywing, mm. and you just go, oh, the, the different flyers mattered. But now it's just like, well, you got the White Stars with all the Centurions, which is like, oh, that's scary as. And then you got the Iron Hands, which is all the all the Dreadnoughts, and you're like, oh, that's 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 kind of cool, but scary. And yeah. then, oh, I've got an Air Force, and it's completely different. So yeah. it's one of those things where, especially with Chapter Approved coming out, I feel like some of that's going to change. Like, I, yeah. They keep everyone keeps saying that it's going to be limited to three flyers. Well, that gets rid of one scary marine list straight away, right? And it gives you different options. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just have. To, I mean, obviously, chapter approved. When does chapter approved come out? I want to say December? December, yeah. the yeah. second week in December. Okay. It so it's not as we're recording now. It's not very far away. Uh, my understanding, though, from printing times and how long things take to get to print, is that it won't affect the marines. Uh, books very much because they've just come out anyway. Yeah. But well, as you're the, saying, it will affect the other armies like Necrons potentially getting point drops and things. Well, uh, in all fairness, I don't think the problem are with Marines themselves. I think they're pointed it well. It's just all the extra rules now is what people are not dealing with. Yeah. Because it's, it's if somebody said, I got a whole bunch of Marines coming at you, you'd be like, oh, yeah. And then now it's, with these supplements, they get like 10 different bonus rules. You're like, oh, well, this this makes a huge difference. Or yeah. I've got this amazing stratagem. You're like, well, that's scary. Yeah. Where a lot of the stuff you just don't know. Where let's just say, and we're recording in a year from now, no one's using Marines, and you'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> how how do we beat Tyranids?" And you'd be like, "Oh, well, this is what you do." Yeah, yeah, it is funny though. Eh? The, the and uh, Brendan will come to you on this. The 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 attitude of we were, we were kind of joking previously, maybe the last episode about chaos players, you know, whinging online. They're not the only ones. Um, but it is funny that uh, your different point of view, because I saw someone saying about, um, oh, Marines, you know, just get everything and they're always, they've always been good. And I wanted to say, well, <laughs> you went to a tournament a year ago, Marines were the easy beats. Like people who are taking Space Marines were doing it for the love of Space Marines. Yeah, a lot better painted Space Marines though. Yeah, yeah They yeah. weren't just spray painted black. They were, they, they, were, they were really nice looking Space Marines. <laughs> Pretty blue ones and stuff. Uh, all right, what have you got at, uh, so number four, Four for Sean was knowing the meta. Uh, number four for Brendan. Okay, so similar. It's check net lists, and not this is not specifically for your army, but it's a good indication of what you're going to be facing. So it's good yeah. to go look at recent events, look at what armies are consistently placing in the top ten, and but 
the caveat of that as well is you have to look at the recent FAQs because some lists could be doing quite well, but then an FAQ or chapter approved right. would then would then change up the meta. So, so you've re- you want to you've got to uh, yeah, watch the timing of it. So we've we've talked about this in previous episodes. If you're going to get stuff off the internet, if you're going to um, take it as like uh, something you you know information that is useful, you've also got to look at when it was recorded and and because if it's from a year ago, then it's just not valid anymore. No, I mean, even a few months ago it could be invalid. Now. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, look at what armies are doing well and also look at what are the most recent FAQs because usually that will give you some clues as well of, of what might be popular. I feel like uh, the three of you are, are pretty much in agreement on this. We're saying consider the ITC versus ECT knowing the – sorry, ETC – knowing the meta, check your netlisting. I feel like we're all kind of – for even the last, the number five, we're talking ar- around the same thing. So we're going to circle knowing the meta as being number four, even though uh, Aaron had it at number five. You can feel like this is yours as well. So, the- <laughs> petty prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like you get Miss Personality. Um, the attendance award. The attendance award. You get a medal for coming here. So the, uh, but yeah. So there's a lot of conversation around just knowing the meta that is your local meta. Checking the uh, net for, you know, basically doing your research online for what other armies are capable of doing if it's not the army that you've got, all of that stuff. Uh, at number three, Mr. Wilson. Number three, uh, build your armies uh, to their strengths. To their strengths. To their okay, strengths, good. to your army's strengths. So, for instance, uh, Admech, bring it up, Admech. Yeah. Uh, shooting, they're very good at shooting. They've got a few melee units, which are quite decent, but the majority of their stuff is all shooting. So building towards just buffing that shooting and, and having more units right. that can shoot and just affect each other. Yeah, just building to the strengths. This is, uh, do you know what? I was really hoping this one would come up from one of you that you would say building to, I mean, building to your play style, obviously, but building to your army's strengths. And I, the reason I was hoping it would come up is because in a Space Wolves Facebook group, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people just wanting to take uh, massive shooting units, like build a Space Wolves shooting army. And I want to say every single time, I don't think Space Wolves are for you. <laughs> like, they have got some really great rules for combat. The Space Wolves on the charge, being charged, or doing a heroic intervention, get plus one to their hit roll, which means anyone with a Thunder Hammer is still hitting on if they're a character twos. You know, the... the um, what do we call them? The uh, HQs with jump axe, smash captains. Smash captains. They're hitting on twos with thunder hammers. Wolfen are hitting on threes, re-rolling if you're buffing the unit with a, you know, the, the priest nearby. That they're hitting on threes, re-rolling everything. Build around that if you want to be a space wolves player. You should be a space wolves player who is building an army that can. Maybe it's got some shooting support, but don't build a space wolves gun line. <laughs> Go to Iron Hands if that's what you you know what I mean. So yeah, build to your army's play style. Yep. Um, I feel like every time I open my mouth to say something, Sean frowns at me because I'm getting it wrong. No, I just got a face that looks like that <laughs> grumpy resting face. Uh, what have you got at number four, Sean? Number three, man. Sorry, number three. Oh, yep. I can't talk and I can't count. Um, it's amazing I'm still alive at fifty. All right, number three. Okay, boomer. Um, <laughs> um, choosing roles for units and focus them to those roles. Don't fall into the traps of using something that isn't designed for and making it fit. Okay. Like, there's a lot of people that try and give multi roles to units. You know, they're like, 
oh, I've got salamanders, centurions, oh, they can flame flyers. And you're like, they can flame flyers. They're designed for close combat. You should be focusing them, not chasing flyers. Right. Like it's, it's just one of those things where a lot of people just, as you're saying with Space Wolves, trying to make a shooting army. Well, that's not what the role of most of those things in the army are. The yeah. roles of them is close combat. So if you're trying to shoot out shoot things, I think you're not focusing on what your army does. Yeah, 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 100%. Okay, so, but even more specifically than army-wide, you're saying the units, you're going to pick a unit to do a certain job. Yeah, well, when I look down on an army list sheet, I think of what I'm going to be, where I'm going to deploy them, what I'm going to do with them. So if you have a Thunderfire cannon, you're going to really put it in the back unless you can find a nice little ruin to get close. Never put them on the line. But no. some people think, oh, I'll just put, you know, Thunderfire Cannon's probably the worst example because it's a dedicated thing. But Centurions, devastated Centurions. Yeah. You shouldn't put them on straight because they've only got four inches movement. But you shouldn't be putting them on the front because if somebody ties them up, that's them for the game. Yeah, yeah. Or the shooty ro- robots, Castellan robots, exactly the same thing. You design them to shoot. They're going to sit in one area. So you think about where they're going to go, where they're going to sit where a lot of people like, oh, I'll just try and get them up the board as fast as possible because it's only 36 inches. Yeah. And that's not the role of them. They're not there. To, they're just there to lock off zones. Okay. So you choose units yeah. for a specific job, but maybe back one step further, if you're, if you're list building, mm. figure out what jobs, yeah. you know, what, what holes need to be filled and then fill those holes with the units. Yeah, yeah. that do the jobs well. Okay. Uh, Brendan, what you got? Uh, for my number three, I've got stratagems and synergies. Yeah, nice. So, okay. I, um, you know, stratagems are such a huge part of the game at the moment. And a lot of tactics revolve around them. Uh, so I like to start with planning around the stratagems I'm, I'm going to use, and also if I've got specific characters or things that are force multipliers, start with those and then build around them so you gain the most value out of them. Um, and the big thing with stratagems is you need to kind of have a budget of how many command points you're going to need. Mm. You've got to factor in things like how many are you going to burn some of them pre-game like I know I need five or six just to be putting some raiders and ravagers in reserve. Um, I always need a few on hand to use um, uh, oh, to vect things? Now. Yeah, the vect, the vect one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that uh, four command points per vect? Yes, but you get some back. Right. So, okay. you know, but, you, but you always want to have four in your pocket so you've You've got the threat of it there, for yeah, your opponent. Yeah, yeah. But but these are the things you know. So you you need to know what, how many command points you're going to need, and then plan your detachments around that to make yeah. sure you've got enough command points. And when you're choosing HQs, for example, if you're going to choose an HQ that actually doesn't give, you've got units that are, as Sean was saying, units that have certain jobs and they're good at certain jobs, and you're choosing, you should be choosing maybe HQs. You're the experts, not me, but correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you should choose HQs that then buff the units that you've chosen, make them better than they otherwise would have been. Uh, you know, they're re-rolling ones to shoot or they're re-rolling everything in combat or they're, you know, adding one to their... Whatever whatever the buff is, rather than, for example, choosing an HQ that buffs flayed ones. <laughs> you don't have any flayed ones in your army, for example. I'm just, you know, Necron well, reference. If, if you're going to take if you're going to take a chaplain, take some combat units. To go with it. Yeah, so combat units, take a trap off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. So strats, strats and synergies. Any, anyone want to add anything into that part of the conversation while we're here, or is it all covered? Uh, chaplains. Uh, they're just for gun lines now. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't bring them for combat units. Yeah, you do. You want that plus one to wound from shooting. No, there's that fantastic stra- um, one that gives you plus two to charge, 
but you consolidate six inches. So this is what they do with the white ca- white scars, uh, special character that can tie everyone up. Is they hit the front unit with the jetpacks, they consolidate six inches yeah. into the next one. Um, if they wants to fight again, he'll fight again, and then he'll consolidate another six inches to another unit and just tie it up multiple units like that. They can just do it. So don't believe that chaplains are but, only for but, shooting armies. But plus one to wound on shooting. <laughs> yeah. Is that the uh, the litany of something? Oh, I can't remember the name. Yeah, it yeah. starts with C, I think. Remember now, you can probably spend a command point to get two litanies, and yeah. you can cast two litanies two per turn. Um, now, with the chaplain, is that... Uh, <laughs> is that... The, the Space Wolves one... Does that get the same? I have to do my research on this. I don't know why I'm asking no, you. I, no, no, I, I don't I think, think think they're going to have to upgrade that one. I don't right. think he gets the. He doesn't get anything at the moment. Present. Yeah, as as it stands at the moment, until the uh, book gets updated for Space Wolves. But uh, because the space with the chaplain, uh, you know, with Jump Pack going in with Wolfen is just like they get to re-roll everything. Yeah, I, I don't want to like keep he, going back to Wolfen, but man, they're just they are so good in combat. I feel like your chaplain has enough already. The Space Wolves chaplain? Yeah, he doesn't need yeah, any more. That, that's why the rock in the middle. Like, we're talking, non-stop talking about Space Wolves. Like, <laughs> like wow. They, they just, every goes, so well, Space got Wolves, the, Marines, Tau, well, and then on down from there, right? We've got the number one Space Wolves player here, so. <laughs> Am I still? Because I haven't even played Space Wolves. I'm pretty sure you've still got yeah, it. Yeah, the number one tournament Space Wolves player. <laughs> the only tournament Space Wolves player, but that's okay. Uh, all right, so we're going to go, uh, I'm going to say build to your army strength, see, because I feel like, again, the, the others all fold into it, right? The choosing units for their role and uh, strats and synergies. If you, if you can figure out what your army's strengths are, you're then going to choose units to, to operate to that, and then you're going to hopefully have strats and synergies that all kind of work in with that. If you build around the strength of your army, rather than, as Aaron was saying before, pick an army that's a great gun line and then stuff a whole lot of combat units in, or vice versa. All right, so uh, let's go to number two on our list. At number two in the top five uh, list building tips, remembering that this is all about going right back to the stage of building that tournament list. Lovely, lovely soup. Okay. Can you explain what you mean by that? Uh, When you're list building... Yep, I'm going to just use Admic now as another example again. Okay. Um, So Admic shooting, a little bit of combat... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was playing violin while he's doing it. Sorry. <laughs> so they've got no psychic, they've got no fly keywords on anything for whatever reason. Um, so oh, he's souping. so bitter about so, the no fly zone. They need fly. They don't need they fly. Need They're fly. Fit. Okay, carry on. Yep. Don't argue. It makes it um, very difficult to wrap you. So I need psychic, oh. psychic. Uh, I need, so, I need, I need to be able to deny psychic powers. You can, you can do these with um, assassins. Um, or, or now with the Inquisition. Yeah, just put that rules. Inquisitor in here. I know, this is so good now. Inquisitors just are going to be buffing so many armies, I believe. Oh, so what you're saying is do include them because soup. So yeah, even in an Admech army, you can do a little bit that could be Stygies if you want that, and then you could have a Mars detachment or whatever. Different detachment, is that what you're saying? No, I'm, I'm saying you, the bulk of your army should be what you build it towards. So if my army is all shooting, um, but I've got no defense against something oh. like... Uh, psychic, I'm going to want to put something in there to cover that. Okay, so soup it up for that. So soup it up. For, you can have a bit of admec, maybe really a knight holes. for something, and then so an inquisitor to look after the psychic. So yeah, oh, just just cover the massive holes in your army. All right. Yeah. So you build most of your army around whatever you want it to be, and then yep. if you if you want to be active in the psychic phase and you're not, then plug that hole with something from your exactly soup cupboard. Or if you need some deep strike, plug something there. Or if you need something with fly, maybe okay. free uh, 
jet bike um, custodial captains. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just, just plug the holes. Plug the holes with soup. Okay. Uh, Sean, what you got at number two? Um, don't rely on one tr- one stratagem or one trick. Um, this can be a crutch because if, if you're playing somewhere and, and they can make an army around it, then you lose that. Like a prime example is sometimes um, psychic powers if you put it into Assassin, it really hampers an army. Or um, if they rely on Kraken to play a stratagem where they can get to move again, yeah, and you can just go, well, I'll fit that. And I've seen so, so many people... Right. <laughs> people lose confidence in their army because they can you stop one thing and the whole army stops around it an interesting yeah it's so you say if you're if you're if your whole army build is a one trick pony then that's a massive risk because if the trick works great but but a lot of the time that one trick is too easy to get around yeah like if i'm playing kraken for example i don't have vectors as my thing but uh I, I have found a useful trick against for for some reason I, I win games against Tyranids. I don't know why I don't win any other games, but Tyranids. I found a, a great thing with Kraken is to just basically go as far forward as you can and go. Now your movement that you've relied on is is useless because any army can get to me in one turn. You can get to me, but I don't care because when you get to me, what are you going to do? And uh, well, I've had exactly the same experience. I played a guy that had an uh, earwing detachments, and I was playing nine flyers. Right. So I just went and hit everything in closed ruins, and then he had nothing to shoot. He was just flying around the table. <laughs> and he was quite upset. But I said, well, the jectors were right next to ruins. What was it going to do? Yeah. Stand in the open for you? Like, Yeah. So if, if your army is a one-trick pony, if it's cracking it, it can move fast, but they come across a speed bump, well, that's a problem. Well, uh, especially well, with those new impulses with minus two to charge. If you're stuck in the open, gene stealer cult, oh, gene stealers just die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So don't rely on one trick when you're building a list. Maybe you want to use some soup to plug some holes and come up with other tricks. Oh, it's also just thinking about what weapons if you can't use this. So yeah. it's really, you know, Tao's real one trick is shield drones. Shield yeah. drones are amazing. If you play against them, not so amazing. But if when you build your whole army around that and then somebody can get rid of your shield drones. Right. How do you do that? <laughs> um, you take I, a marine list with lots of shooting. I actually um, did it in this weekend. I just tried out something for a bit of fun. Um, and a librarian with null zone can turn off um, saves. So I destroyed 34 shield drones and one reptide in one turn of shooting with a space marine army. Okay. So death hex would do that too, right? If you death hex yeah. the, the five up in... Uh, no, no, because no, death hex you... No, is, it, is death hex around yourself? No. no. You have to death target. Hex you can just, yeah, yeah. Where, where the space marine one is null zones, anything within six inches. Right, okay. Um, but you, if you can get right behind them and get right in front of them and then have... And null zone them. The null zone them. And, and then, then just shoot them. <laughs> army, you can just go, well, you got a six plus save. Out, out of curiosity, how did you do that? What? With a, with a librarian. How did you get them so close? Okay, hopefully this is not before Masters. Um, <laughs> impulsor tanks oh, right. can yeah. let people disembark after moving 14 inches. So you move 14 inches, you get oh. out three inches, you move six inches, and then you advance six inches. Impulsor and, tanks are going to be very popular choices, aren't they? Yeah, but I mean, he didn't scream quite right for me, and I thought I'd just show him this trick, which he was not too happy about. <laughs> right, um, but it's a learning experience. No, no, I said, said this is what's going to happen if you don't if you don't do it properly. Right, and it was on a table that wasn't favourable to him, but he deployed in a certain way, and I said, I, I can, I bet I can kill a lot of shield drones this turn. And right, he brought like forty three, and I killed thirty three. That's pretty good. And oh, and orbital bombardments. Just an interesting trick to do. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, let's go to uh, – sorry, Brendan, did you have something to add into that or do we go to number two? Oh, I was just going to say for Shimato as well, I think uh, Jinx as well from the Elder, that'll, that'll knock down their involve save. Right. One and anything that does multiple um, mortal wounds will usually go through them as well. Right. Yeah, this is about Because you're assigning one mortal wound per drone instead of them taking the whole hit. Right. Okay. Uh, right. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is work with what you've got. Uh, there's no point in buying and building and painting a gimmicky spam list if it's probably just going to get invalidated after a month or two when the next FAQ comes out. We're looking at you, um, everybody I, that's jumped on Iron Hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wh one thing that springs to mind at the moment is um, one of the Crawford attributes in the... Um, Oh, what was the first book that just came out? Psychic Awakening. It's like, yeah, um, yeah. So one, of, yeah. So one of the attributes in there is that you can um, every unit gets to re-roll uh, one hit or wound roll a turn. So you could build a whole list around that with just vipers, just spam vipers with with bright lasers or something. So every one of them is going to get a re-roll. Right. It's going to be much more efficient than just having blocks of guardians where one guardian gets to re use the re-roll. Right. But that was kind of. Gimmick lists are probably not going to work. You know, you might get one or two tournaments out of it, and then something will come up that it'll get FAQ'd at some point. Right. Uh, you're much better off start with the bulk of your collection, the stuff that you want to use, and then find force multipliers that work towards that that are going to make those units more efficient. This has probably happened time and time again, where you've where you've seen a, a rule get published, you know, in a new book or whatever, and then it, and so many people jump on it, and it's so good, and then it gets nerfed. I'm thinking. Um, what was the Iron Hands one? The Stone, Iron Stone, the Iron Stone, right? Yeah, and but they it, got it's nerfed because a good. lot of people were complaining about it. Like it wasn't just a little bit of people. There's a lot of pressure to change yeah, that. Absolutely, but how many people went straight in? They saw that rule and went, "Well, crap! I'm buying as many Iron Hands tanks as I can and just sticking the Iron Stone in the middle of it, and then I get an unbeatable army." And then it uh, it gets adjusted. I shouldn't say nerfed. Slightly adjusted <laughs> to make it one rather than all. And you saw immediately uh, people who'd gone out and spent however much money buying and building and painting uh, for that particular thing, then just go, oh, crap, now my whole strategy, and it's what you were saying almost really, um, relying on one thing or relying on the latest hotness or whatever it is, it will get adjusted. You know, if it seems like a rule that's too good to be true and you jump on it and spend truckloads of money, then, yeah, it's, it's more than likely going to get nerfed or the points will go up or Castella Knights, you know, you saw them everywhere and then now you don't see them so often because they're 100 points more and can't do as much. Yeah, but I, th I think this is really the best era for um, Games Workshop is actually getting involved in these things and if they make a rule that seems a bit broken, it doesn't stick around. Like, I, I don't know if you guys remember good old um, Invisibility for 7th. Um, I don't get you guys no. the edition. There was a yes. rule. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I know, yeah. There was a rule and it ruined a lot of people's gaming experience. I know a lot of people that just went, oh, well, I'm playing you, you got invisibility, I'm just not going to play this game. And that wasn't tournaments. Right, really? Because it would just suck all the fun out of it. So yeah. Games Workshop's really responsive now that if something's a bit too overpowered, that they actually get a lot more response about it now than they've ever done before. So. 100%. But in, uh, and kudos to Games Workshop. They're responsive uh, via their social media. They're responsible, uh, responsive in terms of listening to people who are complaining about the rules or, or giving them feedback about rules. So, yeah, 100%. They, they, you've got to give them kudos for that. Uh, what I would say, though, is that it kind of almost backs up Brendan's point in that 
if you see a rule and you and it's too good to be true, and you go out and build an army around it and spend a lot of money, they will probably adjust that rule. I mean, there's a the really good chance that Games Workshop will go wait. We might have made a mistake here. We might have overpowered that a little bit. And then you're kind of stuck with stuff that might not be as good as you were hoping. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, at number two, uh, I don't even know. Let's go with soup. No, work with what you got. I don't know. They're all very good. All of these are amazing. Oh, Aaron thought he had it. He's so competitive, this guy, that he even wants to win this. <laughs> he wants to win this top five list. We're going to go with uh, work with what you got. Although these are all... Again, I'll say it just for people like Aaron who get who are, who are going to be tied up in what makes the eventual top five. The whole, co- all of these are great tips. The whole conversation is if you if you're just looking at building a list now, all of these are great tips. You've got to build to your army strengths. You've got to use units for their role. You've got to look at the strats and synergies. Whatever makes the top five eventually, uh, all of these are really really good tips. So what? Let's go into our number one then. What have you got, Mr. Wilson? Uh, for my number one, it's a nice, simple one. Pick an army you like the look of and you like the play of. I, f- I feel like if you're playing an army um, that's in the meta or it's something really powerful, it's a really powerful army, you're playing Space Marines, maybe you don't like the look of them, but you want to play them because you want to win the games. Yeah. I feel like if you're playing with them and you don't actually enjoy the army, I don't feel like you're going to do as good. I feel like that uh, goes back to Sean's number five play style? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> and, and the look, visual look. The so look, you added in the Visuals, yeah, visuals okay. make a big look. Look and style. Okay. We know that's not going to make it. Uh, <laughs> well, I feel like we've discussed it, but is there anything else that we need to add on to that? Nah, the day I get a number one. Oh, day, one day. On. One day. <laughs> All right, Sean, what have, you, what have you got? Is your number one? Um, my one number one is play with what you've got. Um, oh. A lot of people a lot of people actually end up... Brendan, you should have seen... You can't see Brendan's head on the Skype yeah. camera, but he just like did a double take. I feel like that was... That's mine. Yeah, uh, it is my number one. Where I find a lot of people chop and change and jump from army to army and not really focus on an army that they play. And because you right now you can't see a use for a unit, doesn't mean later on like line speed is coming back in a big way because yeah. it's really mobile unit that you can actually use. Where if you said something six months ago that line speed is going to be a big thing, you would have got frowned out of the room. Yeah, yeah. So I just think it's just play with what you got, and especially when it comes to, like, um, a really good thing is if I'm trying to make a list, if I've got two battalions, I try and make a brigade. So okay. I try and look and see what would fill out the army really nicely to make that brigade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, play with what you've got. Very good. <laughs> I feel like we've discussed that yep. at great length previously. Uh, what's your number one, Brendan? Uh, think about practicality. So... It's all well and good to theorize a list on paper, but can you actually get it to the event? Uh, how much time have you got? Are you going to be able to paint 200 plague bearers before the event? How are you going to? Are you traveling for the event? Can you, how can you transport those 200 plague bearers? Right. Uh, how long are your turns going to take if you have to move that many models? Um, can you actually get the models you need in time? I mean, if it was an event in a couple of weeks, you probably wouldn't be doing an army of sisters of battle. Right. They're all either sold out or no longer available for the older ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So think about practicality. The practicalities of uh, I feel like we're again, uh, all, like a lot of these overlap, right? A lot of these uh, these tips that you're giving they overlap into each other. Playing with what you've got, and then the practicality of being able to move an army around to get it transported. If you're going to ETC next year, 
do you have, uh, you know, you're going to have to buy the stuff to transport all your gear over. And uh, we live a long way away, don't we, Aaron? Yeah, good, good live 30 all, hours. We live a long way away from Luxembourg. <laughs> so getting your, getting your models there safely and all of that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, all of this comes into it. There's, there's, if you're going to a tournament in a few weeks and just don't, don't have them, the money to buy new models or the time to paint and build new models, then yeah, you've, you've got 100% take the practicality and play with what you got. <laughs> with an army which is presumably a look and style that you like. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, well, you know what? Um, I don't know. Is that saying that we're all winners in our special You're way? You're all winners. <laughs> in my eyes, you're all winners in your own way. That's what my mum used to say about me and my brothers. You're all as handsome as each other in your own special way. Which, she didn't uh, elaborate, though, did she? No. No specifics. Just... No, no, no specifics. <laughs> uh, why don't we just go with practicality for that one? Because uh, it'd be impossible. It'd be very uh, just annoying for me to have to give Aaron the number one. I'm just saying, I'm pretty sure he's won all of the number ones for all of them. Learn to pitch. All of them. Learn to pitch. <sighs> Not my fault. He can sell. <sighs> the man can sell. Oh, well, he's a salesman, isn't he? <laughs> he oh, we, didn't, we didn't take... Trey's in the infinite for number one, did we? No, time? actually, probably not. Yeah, uh, I was about to say, he, he can pitch, he can't play. <laughs> oh, 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 man, I wish we had that at the start of the ep so that we could really build on that through it. Um, but we're at the end now. So listen, um, all of this is going to be uh, fleshed out a little more on the website at uh, properlycocked.com, but our top five officially is number five, uh, when you're building your list, think about your play style. At number four, know the local meta. Uh, and I say local at the moment, it's kind of an international meta, but often it, it differs from region to region. So know, know the meta, know the armies you're likely to be coming up against. I heard a really good tip actually from someone recently in a podcast, a guy named Paul Murphy, who does the Forge the Narrative podcast, if you've ever listened to that, really good. But he was saying, uh, in terms of knowing the meta, if you're going to a tournament, Think about if it's a six-round tournament, who you're likely to come up against in rounds four, five, and six. Because you'll get through one, two, and three, and if you're wanting to do well, then think about the armies you're likely to come up against in the later rounds. Those are the armies you're going to have to build your list to compete with or beat, right? Uh, so knowing the meta. And number three, build to your army's strength. If you want to play a, uh, you know, if your army that you're building is a gunline army, then build to that strength. At the same time, number two, don't rely on one trick uh, and kind of work with what you got. We're kind of tied there for number two. And at number one, think about the practicality. Think about the practicality when you're building your list. Uh, you know, it's not practical to go out and spend $1,000 on a whole lot of new toys and get them built and painted for a tournament that's in a couple of weeks. So that comes back to working with what you got as well. All right. <laughs> Does that about cover everything? Yep. I think we got it all done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron's just disappointed. <laughs> what is that line from uh, The Princess Bride? Learn to live with disappointment. Uh, Too young for that. Aaron, thanks for coming in. <laughs> no worries. Sean, thank you for being here. Thanks. And uh, Brendan, thanks for calling in from Auckland again. We appreciate your time. And, thank uh, you. Hopefully next time I'll be back in Wellington. Yeah, well, that'll be great. We'll see you in the studio. Uh, and thank you for listening to Properly Cock. Go to properlycock.com for more. You can catch us on Facebook, Properly Cocked, um, and the website, and leave comments and let us know what you want us to do next time. We're thinking maybe top five tanks. There's a lot of top five suggestions. If you have any, let us know. Thanks again for listening to Properly Cocked.